Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue and actually wrap up today's series we've been doing um, for the last couple of months now called Interfacing. This is part nine, and uh, I am going to wind this one up this week. Um, we've used uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 as a foundation for this series. We're actually going to do verses 11 and 12. We're going to look at those and, and kind of wind up our whole uh, discussion on this today. And, you know, this whole series has been about our mission as believers, I've said, is to help pre-Christians connect to the kingdom of God. And then an interface is something that connects two things together, helps to connect things together. And that the way that we do this, the way that we are an interface is by being people trying to live by doing the next right thing and also sharing the radical message of good news that we have in Christ. And so we've been looking at both those things throughout this series, the idea of, of living by trying to do the next right thing and, and the idea of, of having um, words to share when the time comes and what's that looked like. And I've, I've tried to give you sort of ideas and thoughts for you to think about over the weeks rather than say, you know, here's a step-by-step -step process because I think that can, that can sound very sort of canned and planned. And, and doesn't you... Have you, ever, have you ever been in a conversation with someone where, you were, where the result was very good as far as the kingdom goes uh, and you, you, you think to yourself, oh, I want to use those exact words next time. That really helped that person, you know, really, really along on their journey. It was really good. And then you, so you've tried to retrace that whole thing and think about everything that you did so you could do that again and next time it doesn't work at all. Um, and that's the problem. It, it's, it, it's, you, it's just really about being sensitive to what the Lord's doing and then... Um, then when opportunities arise, having some things to share. And we're going to talk a little bit more about today, what that looks like. And, and so I'm excited about that, and we'll, we'll wrap up this series with that today. I always like to do a bad joke in between the intro. That's what that was and the actual message. So, uh, so here comes your bad joke. Um, I like this. If a pencil and a piece of paper had a race, which would win? The pencil, because the paper will always remain stationary. No? <laughs> if two wrongs don't make a right, what do two rights make? Airplane. That's deep. You got to. All right. No, I got nothing else, man. I do have this, a little thought. This isn't a joke. This is real. So, so now, during the message, um, if, you are, if, you, if you use the Tweety thing, um, you can actually tweet me if you have a question. And if I have time at the end, I'll answer it. I'll look and see if I can answer it at the end of the message. You know, it all depends on time. If I can't answer it at the end of the message, I'll answer it later in the week. Um, and, and that's it, five, two, one more. That's in your notes. But last week, somebody, um, somebody tweeted, it was funny. So last week, you know, it was a pretty intense sermon, and I, I said this, and I mean it, and I, but I said that the well-being of Christianity in the Florida Keys is in your hands. And I meant that, and I said, that's a pretty significant deal. Someone tweets me this, and they're, they're fairly new hanging out here, and they said, that all seems like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> What's the smallest step I can take to get the ball rolling? <laughs> I love that. I was roaring. And then I laughed, and then, and then, so I tweeted back, live each day by trying to do the next right thing. That's, that's it. That's how you start. And I mean it, but that was classic. And so I'm thinking, oh, that might have really been like people, went, oh. but uh, it's really okay. 
Um, because even though that's our responsibility, you know, and I believe that with my whole heart, the, the, the well-being of Christianity in Florida Keys is on us. You know, and all the other believers too, but it's on us. And we can't think, well, somebody else will do it. It's on us. And that's part of the plan. And so it was a perfect response. But anyway, that's what happens on the Tweety, in case you're ever interested. There's a, a scripture reading for today is this. 1 Peter 3, verses 13 through 16. This is out of the message paraphrase. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your Master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are, and always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a, keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. I just like the message paraphrase sometimes. It's kind of perfect. But it just says you just keep doing the right thing. And then I, I think, you know, the last two verses in our 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 verses, uh, 1 through 12 verses are 11 and 12, and they say this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans. And I said that when we started pre-Christians. I like that better. That though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that He visits us. That, that part of the way that we live uh, gives us opportunities to speak into people's lives, to share the message of the good news over time so that they respond to it, they, they believe in their hearts and confess with their mouths that Jesus is Lord so they connect with the kingdom as well. And all these verses that we looked at are, are talking about that and, and these last two in particular uh, talk about the importance of how we live our lives and that, that how we live our lives should provide us a platform for us to share the good news and so I'm going to wrap up this whole thing by talking about that sort of concept today how we live this thing out and how to share what we've got so first point in your notes is this be prepared to give the reason for your hope be prepared to give the reason for your hope. So this whole series, this last month in particular, I've asked you to think about, you know, how precious Jesus is and things that he's done in your life just so you can be thinking about him and maybe have some verses going on. And, and in 1 Peter 3, in the next chapter, verses 15 and 16, Peter says something really cool about this whole process. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Something very, very important here, and this is, connects this, what we have to say with how we live. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. And the reason I think that's so significant is this, that the best way for us to impact the world with our lives and message is to keep our own hearts happy in the Lord. I think that's the, the, the big thing that Peter has given us. This is what it, what it gets to, is, is what you need to do to have the greatest impact on the world around you to, to deal with these things is that in your own life, you need to keep your own hearts happy in the Lord. It needs to be your priority, to keep your own heart happy in the Lord. And so to do that, what we do is we spend time in prayer. We spend time in the Word. 
We spend time in worship. We spend time in fellowship. We understand the importance of this life. We understand the amazing grace that's been poured out on us. These things begin to impact us and, and keeping our own hearts happy and settled in the Lord makes the biggest difference in the world around us. To be prepared for a reason, for the hope that we have. Always be prepared to tell someone why you're hopeful. Hebrews 10.23, one of my favorite verses. I know I say that about every verse. But let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And so we need to engage in this life and, and every day, you know, making sure we're spending time in prayer. I encourage you that all the time. Making sure that we're spending time reading the Word, not because it's a duty, because that's where life is. Uh, and, and keeping our hearts happy in the Lord. So, so we, we have to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. And one of the biggest reasons for me, and, and I hope for you too, is the, this reality, and it's point number two, is that God is faithful. One of the reasons for my hope, and one of the things that I get back to time after time, is the faithfulness of God. And I hope you do too. God is faithful. Circumstances change around us. We, we're going to go through different seasons, and we have uh, you know, things that we have to deal with, and some we would rather not deal with, and all those things. But what we find out to be absolutely at the foundation of everything is that God is faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. God is always faithful. It's who He is. He remains faithful even if we are faithless. God is always good, only good, and He wants you to have a full life. He, he, that's the heart of God for you. And, and knowing that, no matter what you're going through, will keep you on track so that you keep your own heart happy in the Lord by continually digging in to what He has for you. John 10.10, 10, I brought this up to you some weeks ago. Another powerful verse that we need to have about our hope. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now that's one of those verses that, that uh, you know, I have to, I want to encourage you this week, challenge you this week to really sort of think about and ask yourself if you believe it. Ask yourself, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God wants you to experience a full life, real life now and forever? Or somehow has, has this thought crept in that because now that you're following Christ, your life is just kind of one big sacrifice with no real opportunities for, you know, fun or enjoyment. Um, I, I, there's this song, it's a, it's a Billy Joel song, Only the Good Die Young. You, you heard that song? He says, I'd rather laugh with the sinners and cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. Too, too many people think that following Christ is, is really some sort of boring life with no fun to be had. For some people, it becomes this, this, this just rule-following uh, hardship or whatever. And you, you can see there's absolutely no joy in people that get stuck under that. And, and it, it does not attract people to the kingdom. Um, the life that we have in Christ is amazing. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. Nothing compares to it. Everything else is a counterfeit that's out there. Life in Christ is the real deal. It's the best deal. It's, it's the, the most amazing life there is. It is not a... Some people think, you know, it's just, well, it should just be this, once we're in, that we're not going to ever have any struggles or issues. And that's not the promise. You know, that's a, that's a kingdom coming promise. 
But we, we tap into it in a way now, the kingdom, that allows us to experience life beyond whatever we could have imagined apart from Christ. And that's the reality. And so there's, there's joy to be had. There's fun to be had. Sure, there's things that we have to get called into sometimes that are difficult, and we might have, you know, things that we have to go through, and, and you know, it, it may not always go the way that we want, um, but, but all in all, there's nothing like a life that we can have in Christ. It's an adventure. It's a journey. It should never feel mundane to you. It should never feel like it's just a, you're going, because you're missing out on the, on the, big part of this life. This is like an adventure. Every day is, is if, you're, if, you're, if you're willing and open to what God's doing, every day has stuff in it that's amazing. There's, there's things that happen, and you could just write them off as, oh, that's just coincidence. And then, but if you start thinking about it, it's not coincidence. Things, God's in, involved in so many things that, that it's, it's like earth-shattering. It, it's, he does stuff that we can't even imagine. I, I, had this, I, I shared this with one of the groups I was teaching the other day, uh, and I don't remember which one, so I, I'm just I can't remember where I shared it. But this is very true. This just happened like a week and a half ago. It just popped into my brain. It happens all the time, but this one popped. So um, I'm preparing to teach the, um, I call them the dream team, the young people. We're working through the New Testament. I call the group on Sunday nights the all-stars. We're working through the Old Testament. And so I, I do quite a bit of prep work for that so I can lead those classes. And so I'm, I'm preparing for the New Testament class. And the doctor who's leading that class, um, he's really good most of the time, he was in the book of Acts, and he was running out of time um, in the book of Acts. This guy's name is Dr. Elliot, and he's teaching this class, and he's, he's running through it. And um, he's running out of time, and I'm listening to these tapes, and I'm, it's, I'm, it's, it's, it's ridiculously boring at this point in time, because he's just kind of giving this outline. He's not talking about it, and I'm, I really am I'm actually talking. Do you ever talk to a recording? I don't know if you ever do. I'm like, oh, please, do something else, anything. Give me something. And I'm thinking like that, and he's just giving these points at this point. Ah! Because it's, it's mind-numbing, and I've and got to stay focused. So I'm, I'm listening. Mind-numbing. I'm really thinking. I'm yelling at the thing. It's mind-numbing. And my phone rings, and I think, hallelujah, something else. <laughs> a distraction. So I pause that, and I answer the phone. Now, here's the weirdest thing, and you think, oh, I, the, yeah, do, you know, uh, do you know who was on the phone when I answered it? That guy. I have never talked to that guy in my life. He made these tapes in the 80s. It's 2014, early 90s, 90-something. I'll go look at the date. I've never met him. I, I happen to be doing some, I'm, I'm working on my, my, my uh, PhD up there. So he's in, the, he's in that. But I've never talked to him ever for any reason. Never happened. And it was so weird because I answered my phone. The phone number I didn't, but I didn't care. I'd answered it to anything at that point in time. Hello? And there's the voice coming off the thing. And I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> now, you, you might, uh, see, to me, there's no coincidence, you know what I mean? That's just, God, he's got such a sense of humor sometimes, because I'm just, I'm start chuckling to myself about how, how weird is that? No, people won't even believe that, but it's like, well, hopefully you believe me, because I wouldn't make that up, but, but that's how amazing God is, and we had a great conversation about something, and I didn't mention the fact that he was really boring in the last part of the book of Acts, but... <laughs> But when I went back to listening, it was much better. I just talked to the man. You know what I mean? It, it changed the entire perspective of the tapes. He was just live on the phone and gave me his number. He said, yeah, call me if you ever need anything. Very cool. So, but, but how, 
do you get, I mean, my, my, my life in Christ is filled with those kind of encounters. Like, I'll be thinking about somebody, and all of a sudden, I'll see them. Has that ever happened to you? I've been at, I was at Disney World 20 years ago. I don't know why this popped in my mind. And I was thinking about somebody I would like to see at Disney World. He's a guy I met one time. He was a youth pastor. And I sat down on the wall, because I was tired, and um, it was by the big castle thing, and something was going on. And then somebody comes and sits next to me, not really paying attention. And I look, and you know what it is? It's that guy. I'm like, no way. That stuff happens. That's, see, that's the, the I, I went to Cuba lots during, from 95 to 2005, I went to Cuba three or four, five times a year. Um, we were planting churches over there. And uh, I had permission to go. And, and I'm in there. And the very first trip we ever made in there, we, we, uh, one of the guys on the trip had met a guy one time 10 years before. And all he knew about the guy was that his name was Luis. There's a lot of them in Cuba named Luis. That's all he knew. It's a big island, too. There's millions of people on this island. It's not like it's big. It's a big island. And, and uh, he goes, yeah, we should really meet this guy. I said, all you know is his name is Luis. That's all I know. You know where he lives? Nothing. You got nothing. I really got nothing, but I, I think we should meet him. So, well, that's, that's good. We'll, we'll certainly pray about that. And so we, we didn't have an agenda for that meeting. We were just praying and sort of being led, and we ended up in, in some tiny little out-of-the-way church um, that night. Never been there. I can't even remember the, the events that took place to get us to that particular church at that night. I don't even know how it happened. We ended up at this church. We walked in, and all the churches are there very hot because there's no air conditioner or anything, and, it's, and they don't care, but we, ah. And because we were visitors, you know, and it's a big deal, so they, they gave us, you know, so, so they could have rushed us up to the front, you know, when they saw, and they had us sit in the best seats, you know, up there at the front. And it was funny because I'm really rambling here, but it was right in front of the horn section, <laughs> Hot. Halfway through that service, guy walks through the back door. You know who that guy was? Luis. How does that happen? That doesn't happen in normal. I mean, it just doesn't happen. But God's involved in life. I say those things, and I could go on and on. That you, you need to understand that this life is beyond anything else that there is available. Uh, you know, I've tried a lot of other stuff. There's nothing like this life. This is not boring. This is a, an adventure, and we need to have that sort of going on. And, and yet some people sort of get, well, you know, Jesus did all that for me, so really now it's just about sacrifice. I can't have any fun. This is a ride to enjoy. This is an adventure. There's nothing like this. And, and we need to understand that in the world. Um, you know, this is the best deal in the universe, and we need to be living that out. And so you, you need to remember with that, third thing, is that he's your Abba Father. There's something else in that. You know, I want you to know that, that he's your Papa, your Daddy. Romans 8.15, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba Father. And, and I say that because then this book, rather than becoming a rule book that takes the fun out of life, becomes Papa's love letter to you, which explains how to get the most out of life and how to live a full life. So it's not about not having fun. It's about wisdom so you can have real fun. See, the sinners don't have more fun. Um, the, the Bible, you know, the Bible will even say about sin that it's pleasurable for a season. But the impacts of sin steal life away. It steals away real life. It's the enemy's game. You know, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And, and sin is, you know, he, he's, he's all in that. And so it's pretend, it's counterfeit. It, it, it's, it's not that it doesn't have its immediate sort of gratification, but it doesn't lead into real life. It doesn't, it doesn't give you the life that you can have in Him. But, but see, if, sometimes this analogy falls apart about having a loving dad because not everybody had one. I get that. Um, and, and I know that if, if that's a struggle for you, then this, this is a little hard analogy. But, but if you were blessed enough to have a you know, halfway decent father that cared about you, um, uh, what he would do in your life is that he would tell you no about things. Same thing. Your mom would do the same thing. They would say no. Uh, and even if all the other kids were doing something that you and, and, you, and your parents would tell you no, and you would start thinking things like, well, you know, they, they, uh, you don't really, you, you're just so old, you know, or you're just so, you know, stupid or whatever you might think. Um, but the reality was, and you realize this, that, that as imperfect as, as you know, he was, um, he was just trying to love you and keep you safe so that you could enjoy life long term in the right way. So that's all they were ever trying to do. You know, some, most of them. You know, I mean, I get some are messed up. But, but for the most part, if you had a halfway decent father, his telling you no about things was so you could experience a long term full life and enjoy it the right way. Well, that's what the book is. The, the book, and why I encourage you to spend time in it, see, to keep your hearts happy, is that the book is just about that, how to have a real life. This is what real life looks like. You, you live this, and it's not, you, not it's, it's have real fun. Don't settle for what the enemy has. It's not. It's not good. It doesn't last. Don't, don't, it, it's an illusion. It's a counterfeit. It doesn't work. And, and God just wants you, because he loves you, to take and, and do what's real. Because that's where life is found. And so forth then, you know, what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? Because that Hebrews 10.23 verse that I read to you, it says that we should hold unswervingly to our hope. And that's what all this was about. You know, the reason for our hope. But sometimes rather than holding on to hope, we hold on to other things. And you have to, you know, this is another challenge for you today. What is it that you're holding on to if it's not hope? Are you holding on to worry? Does worry seem to be what you hold on to? Because that's what some people hang on to. Are you holding on to fear? Is that what you hang on to? Are you holding on to anxiety? Is that what you hold on to? You know, are you, are you holding on to having to have it your way? That my way-itis thing gets me in a lot of trouble. I want what I want. You're hanging on to that. Um, but, but what we need to do is hang on to our hope, the hope that we have in Him. And so what, you, what are you holding on to? And, and it needs to be your hope. And then what's your hope in? What do you hope in? Colossians 1.27 to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, we're to hold on to Jesus, the hope of glory. And, and as we start our days, and I want to encourage you, start your day in the presence of God. Uh, you know, you, you, you just check in with Him. You, you, you understand that that's where life is, and you connect with Him, and you, you talk to Him, and maybe you sing to Him, and you, you read the book, and, and you know that He's with you, and you begin to remember that He's faithful, and that He's good. He's always good. He's only good. And that He wants us to experience real life now and forever. And no matter what the day brings, as we start, you hold on to Jesus. You just hang on to Him. He's our hope. He's our great priest. We talked about that. He's our faithful Abba Father. We're His treasure and pearl. And He loves us. And He's our treasure and our pearl. And, and, 
And this amazing love that he has for us, what we do then is we live for him as ambassadors, as his witnesses, as an interface to help connect pre-Christians to the one who created them and loves them. And that's what that whole thing looks like. That's what those verses describe, is this relationship that we have with him that causes us to live, to, 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 you know, desires, gives us the desire to live by doing the next right thing. That people see that, um, and, and it's not fake, and it's not pretend, and it's not hypocritical. It's just us, you know, enjoying life in Him, trying to live this thing out as real as we can, doing the next right thing, and, and holding on to that. And then as they see that, and even though they might initially try and, you know, run you down or say things about you or whatever, you just keep on loving well and stepping on in Him and living this thing out, that when the opportunity arises that you're ready to give the reasons for the hope you have in Him. And you do it by every day, keeping your heart happy in Him. And when they ask you, you, you know the, the message, and it might come in different ways. We've looked at it. But the, the simple message about why Jesus is precious to you and, and what He's done. You know, the, the heart of the gospel message that, that He died for our sins, defeated death on the cross, and rose again, and that life is found in Him. That that's the heart of it. That's what people need to connect with. We're all separated from God, but God made a way in Christ by, at the cross for us to be reconnected to God in Him because now God sees us in Christ, and that's where we experience life. That's the heart of this whole deal. And it's, it's just living this thing out for opportunities to explain that to people in a way that ultimately, it may not happen initially, but ultimately, that their response is to believe in their heart, confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. So on the day that he returns, they'll be there with us, and they'll be excited like we are, because that's where life is. So that's what it means to be an interface. I've given you some stuff to really think about this week. You know, think about, do you believe that verse, John 10, 10, and what that means? Ask yourself what you're holding on to throughout the course of the day. Get it to hope, and then know where your hope is in Christ, and it'll help you to live as an interface. We'll start a brand new series next week, um, and I'm looking forward to that. And so come back. You can find out what that is, but that's enough for today. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We know how valuable it, it is. We'd love for you to visit when you get a chance. If you need prayer, you can go to our website. There's a prayer page. Just fill that out. Send it to us. We'll pray for you. You can call us. We'll pray for you that way as well. So thanks for being a part. We'll see you soon.